Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again to do another episode of the Nolcast. Uh, Bud, we uh, have all sorts of things to jump into tonight. A uh, finalized staff, um, some recruiting observations, and uh, just a general idea as to where the football program's headed. And we won't spend a ton of time, but a lot of other great things going on in Florida State Athletics that we'll be sure uh, to try to touch on as well. I want to thank Louisiana Hot Sauce as it's been with us since day one. Title sponsor of the Nolcast. And Bud, uh, I'm real excited to uh, tell you and our listening audience that we've been able to to bring an old friend back. Uh, Many of you guys have asked about this over the years. We weren't sure if we were ever going to be able to uh, partner this with a podcast again. But uh, for one time, we'll play it now. And from the rest of time, you will hear it. Uh, as the Nolcast intro for at least the foreseeable future. So really excited to be able to have our uh, intro song back. And there's many of you guys that uh, don't give a damn about that. I don't blame you. There's also a lot that uh, hopefully will receive this positively. So we'll play it and we'll jump into the podcast. sound of that i i like that tune let's uh you know what and I, you know honestly when, when it went away um i don't think we lost listeners over it but we definitely had people email us has asked us hey what happened to the song so happy that it's back very happy that it's awesome. back and uh happy to be able to talk about a full staff here uh, now this is a, a name that we're going to discuss that um Honestly, it was one of the first names that came, maybe one of the first three names uh, that, that we started hearing uh, when Norvell was putting his staff together and ultimately uh, seen to fruition. Really impressive. David Johnson out of uh, Tennessee, a name that we've discussed many times, a name that people will be familiar with. So uh, we may not be able to spend as much time on the resume as that's been documented, but, but more about what it means and what you can take away from this staff overall. Yeah, look, so David Johnson, here's what you're getting. I think you're getting a, a good football coach, but more importantly, for the running back coach position, as we've said before, this is mainly a position that's about recruiting. Uh, this is usually where you stash your best recruiter, regardless of whether he can coach. And I, I think Johnson can coach. That, that, that's kind of a bonus there at the running back position. But you are getting a proven recruiter who has been in some big-time SEC battles and understands how the game is played. He's a guy who's recruited New Orleans heavily, the Southeast heavily. Um, He was one of Tennessee's best recruiters on that staff and somebody who Tennessee did not want to lose. So, I mean, I don't know about you, man, but looking at this, this is kind of the one real big battle that they fought and won against a a big-time school that wanted to keep their guy. Now, I, I do think TCU wanted to keep Chris Thompson, and he's obviously an alum of TCU, Florida State's new tight ends coach, by the way. Uh, and certainly, I mean, I don't think MSU wanted to lose Chris Marv, and I don't think uh, Charlotte wanted to lose Atkins. But as far as schools that could compete financially with you, um, Johnson was already making half a million at Tennessee. And Tennessee apparently came at, after him with, with a uh, pretty lucrative offer to stay. So this is an encouraging sign, I mean, for me, that A, that Florida State is spending, which is good, uh, as we talked about last podcast, I do think that having Jimmy Sexton as the agent for Mike Norvell probably helps because Sexton's seen exactly what's going on inside the building uh, through the eyes of his clients for the last 13 years in Tallahassee. Uh, but I, it shows me that guys want to want to work for Norvell, I think. Doesn't it you? Absolutely. I think it uh, is really a culmination of all the – a lot of the positivity that we heard from candidate Norvell as to some of the real, uh, you know, what his, um, what the real high side was for him, where the potential was. It was the idea that he had good relationships and was able to identify and cultivate coaching talent. I also know um, a lot of people who 
I've certainly been pleased with how he's done, but maybe I've had concerns that, you know, hey, look, there's a lot of guys from Memphis, a lot of guys from uh, UC Charlotte, etc. I'm not saying that this should, uh, you know, assuage all your fears about that, but this is a this is a really nice pull, and it's from a program that uh, wants to play ball right now and knows that uh, they got to do everything possible to compete in the SEC East and did not want to let him go. And that's a nice cue, and uh, it's a nice coup, excuse me. And it's also a really nice uh, sign that a guy like that would, would choose to kind of, you know, place his professional bets with Norvell over uh, a situation at Tennessee that certainly offered him a lot of certainty. So let, let's just go over this real fast and, and, and see if this, hey, big-time program, uh, G5-type coaching staff thing has, has any merit to it, Okay. So Kenny Dillingham came from Auburn. Now, look, he was going to be available probably, we think, because of Chad Morris was going to go to Auburn. But still, that's a pretty big program. I think he understands how the recruiting game is played and how a major program operates. David Johnson, we just went over. So if you follow me here, that's two in the the P5 category. Uh, Your receivers coach, Ron Dugans, that'd be three because you kept him from your P5 program. Number four, Chris Thompson... I think TCU is big enough to understand how things work, right? I mean, they're uh, they're not like a perennial top ten program, but they've hell they've had more success uh, in, in in my lifetime than Tennessee has, at least as an adult. Um, so that's four. Uh, Coach Atkins is going to be one in the other category. Um, who are we missing here on the offense? Uh, that's everybody on the offensive side of the ball. Pretty sure. Okay, so let, let's switch to the other side. Uh, Papuchas certainly is a guy who came from P5 program at Maryland. He'd also been at Nebraska. So that's 5-1. to one. Uh, Odell makes 6-1. to one. Your linebackers coach, Chris Marv, makes 7-1. to one. Uh, Your DB's coach, okay, 7-2. to two. TJ Rushing came from Memphis. And then your defensive coordinator, uh, Adam Fuller, came from Memphis. So 7-3. to three. So... Uh, Certainly, seven to three is is it not? It's not fifty fifty as far as oh, he's got a bunch of G five guys or a bunch of Memphis guys. I, I think that narrative is, uh, and we love narrative busting on the Nolcast, right? That narrative is kind of nonsense. Now, you could say, look, they don't really recruit big time kids at TCU or at Mississippi State or not necessarily at Maryland, and that's fair. But at least half of your staff has been in on the recruiting of big-time kids, who it is a little bit different game uh, than, than when you're not doing it. Yeah, but I, I agree. But I would not use Marv as that example. Look, if you're if you're recruiting from Mississippi State and Mississippi uh, and trying to fight off some of the people that come into that state, you, you know how the – you know how the sausage is made, and you know uh, what's necessary. So I, I can see people's opinions, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't list Marv in that class at all. That's a, that's a different situation when you're uh, recruiting for an SEC West school. I think that's fair, and uh, even if you're not able to pull them, certainly you see what the teams that are doing, uh, are, or you at least hear about <laughs> what, what those teams are doing uh, in, in order to pull those prospects that they need to get. Uh, specifically, where will David Johnson be recruiting? A lot of people said, oh, this will really help Florida State in, in Louisiana and in New Orleans. And I was like, eh, I, I hope Coach Norvell doesn't put him there. Not that he can't do it, but like, uh, even when Florida State was at its absolute best, it still is not beating LSU for kids inside the state of Louisiana that LSU wants. Period. There's one guy who does that, like ever, and his name was Nick Saban. Florida State's not going to do that, regardless of relationships, I don't think. Like, if LSU had really wanted Ja'Kai Douglas, I think regardless of the relationship with Ron Dugans, there's a pretty good chance LSU would have ended up with Ja'Kai Douglas in this 2020 class. So I, I kind of think, okay, like, why would – like, you're not going to make Louisiana David Johnson's primary recruiting territory. I know some people had asked us about that, and I was like, nah, kind of, kind of doubted on that one because, like, why would you make a place where – you know you're probably going to be second, like second place at best for for the the best kids there. If the home uh, team wants them, there's no game. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's that's the case. It's over. Right. Uh, so it, it was actually reported. I think Knowles two four seven reported that uh, that he'll be doing South Florida, which I think is a much better uh, game. And in fact, I think his skills, Ingram. And if you see me, follow me here. I think the game that is played in New Orleans 
is similar to the game that is played in Miami-Dade. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think those are certainly similar. And if you're uh, if you're recruiting if you're recruiting uh, for an SEC school and you're recruiting at a school like Tennessee that is dependent on out of state talent, uh, then you know what's going on. And doesn't necessarily mean you're going to start dominating Dade and Broward County immediately, but you're not going to be naive to the process that's required to get a foot in the door. And just so we can be exactly clear on this process, and I'm not saying coaches do this, but uh, like we talked about how we thought the bags kind of dried up for Taggart uh, and, and his staff there from the, the booster ranks. If you want kids to make that nine-hour trip up or eight-hour trip up for Miami for a junior day, I'm not talking about just to come to the school and, and just straight buying kids, although that, that happens later in the process. If you want a kid to visit your junior day or your summer camp or your barbecue, your meet and greet, you want them to take an unofficial visit to campus, you need to be given some gas money, okay? That's a long trip, and I'm talking about some serious gas money, like enough to fill up a bus and a boat, okay? <laughs> and then drive to Vegas mm-hmm. and back. Yeah, right. yeah. Everybody, uh, nobody's watching the needle, worried about the uh, funds drying up on the return trip. We'll put it that way. Yeah, just we'll slip that, that cash back in the registration packet. No, coach, those, those forms look like they're perfectly filled out. Okay, great. All right, next. Yeah, that's the way the game's played. Uh, which brings us to this next point. Uh, we had Uncle Luke pop off on Twitter about how the committee had met. And uh, they were look, they were very unhappy that uh, Telly Lockett, Florida State's existing running backs coach, was not retained. Or, excuse me, tight ends coach, uh, was not retained. I, I like Telly Lockett personally a lot. I think he's a good coach and a good recruiter. Um, was not able to really get the job done for Tallahassee and them. And that kind of surprised me, uh, to be honest, because I, I think he, he'll do a really good job wherever he lands next. But the, the some of the coaches down there, led by Uncle Luke and a couple other guys, were apparently unhappy uh, with that. But, Ingram, who, who's the best player that Florida State has landed out of Miami in the last couple of years since employing Tully Lockett? Yeah, and this is the problem. There was no real massive recruiting coup. coup. Uh, I'll... I'll let you tell me who that answer is in your opinion, but there was there was nobody that Florida State really went down there and got, and I think in many ways that's tied to the conversation that we just had about two to three minutes ago about um, providing some some lubrication that's necessary to uh, to get the South Florida machine rolling that, that maybe wasn't there. Yeah, there, there's not a whole lot of loyalty from the South Florida kids to any college. They, they're going to go to the kind of flavor of the moment um, – you know the 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 price is right type school. The best kid they landed out of there, I think I think we can credit this was was Dante Lucas. Now he he was an IMG kid for his final year, but uh, he was a, a Miami kid for three years. And I think that was uh, we can give Telly credit for him. But it's not like this quote unquote committee of coaches was uh, was getting kids to commit to Florida State or giving Florida State the time of day. And they also really didn't frequently bring their kids up to Tallahassee very often. So uh, if the committee is unhappy now, I, I, I really am kind of scared to see what they're going to do. Because if they were happy before and they were still screwing Florida State like that, uh, man, that's that's concerning. Yeah. Yeah, not not the least bit uh, concerned with this at all. I mean, I sh- wish that things could have worked out with Telly, and I believe that he'll do well, as you said. Uh, I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that that Florida State is blackballed from South Florida, or that uh, you know this is something that is uh, going to need you to stay up at night over concerned about it. I think Florida State, if they want to do well in South Florida, as they have done at times uh, historically, uh, is pretty pretty sure what the recipe is for success. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, the only other real thing we have on the staffing front is uh, that there's still no recruiting hire uh, that has been made. Um, we think Florida State will have several uh, full-time recruiting people in the building, which would represent an upgrade uh, from what they had before, which is really good. Certainly, this is another indication that uh, Norvell and, is, is aware of the situation as far as what's needed, and, and certainly his agent, I think, is as well. Uh, but no no hire has been made there uh, I mean, I think you'd like to have somebody in time for your, your upcoming junior day, potentially, but we'll talk a little more recruiting in a minute. Uh, I think there's some reasons why you might want to wait just to make sure you get the right person if you think waiting 
uh, will will help you get the right person. And it could be that they've just not uh, they've not been able to either find the right person yet or been unable to get the right person uh, as of yet to say yes. Something we'll keep an eye on and uh, continue to monitor. Uh, you're right; it is kind of the one lingering thing uh, from the overall staff, not necessarily the uh, the ten that you're allowed, but uh, your total staff still out there uh, looking for somebody. One thing uh, we're always fortunate to be able to talk about to uh, people that we were fortunate to be able to pair with since day one: Matt Thompson and his team for the restaurant uh, for the table restaurant group. Uh, want to plant in the seed of everybody's head uh, that Reuben Day is the 17th of each month and uh, to go ahead and plant a uh, an, an even earlier seed. Uh, Matt Thompson and I have been kind of talking back and forth ever since the, our Jacksonville event was, uh, was canceled. So I think uh, by the time spring game rolls around, uh, we will be able to do something that is uh, really fun for our listeners and maybe able to offer like a barbecue plate uh, that you know bud and i mess around with or something like that a lot of things uh floating around but want to go ahead and put that in our listeners mind uh and ask us to uh or ask them to join us come spring game for uh for the Nolcast get together for the table restaurant groups whether that's at madison social township or wherever we'll continue to update you but uh, want to always thank our friends at for the table restaurant group all right, so just real quickly here, I know a lot of people care about jersey numbers a whole lot, probably for the folks who are still playing uh, the NCAA video game, which is pretty cool uh, that, that it's still around. Um, but some new jersey numbers for your early enrollee players. And first of all, I, I want to say nice job on getting a large number of players early enrolled. This is really a, a fairly big deal. Uh, receiver Brian Robinson is going to wear three uh, 18 quarterback Tate Rodemaker, who I got to see. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, 22 receiver Ja'Kai Douglas, 32 linebacker Stephen Dix, 46 defensive end Josh Griffiths, 47 tight end Carter Boatwright, 56 going to be offensive line Zane Herring. And then uh, I saw it splashed on Twitter. Uh, looks like Lloyd Willis is actually going to early enroll. And I, look, I think that's a great thing for Lloyd Willis. Uh, if you think Florida State's strength and conditioning program will be better, uh, I think there's a decent chance that it will because they're going to have more strength coaches, I, I think, uh, just with how things are shaping up right now. Uh, Willis is a guy who I do not project to play early. He is a like the, he's a project of projects, right, uh, at, at this point at, at the offensive tackle position. But he's one of these dudes you take and you say, okay, can he be a two-year starter for you as a redshirt junior and a redshirt senior? That's four years down the road. So not 20, not 21, not 22, maybe 23, but like 24 and 25. Can that guy give you two years as a starter You know, down the line? Um, I, I think that's possible because I think he has, has some upside, but he's very raw and he's a guy who needs to add strength and experience and all that stuff too often florida state has had these guys in who we categorized as just that and they ended up having to start these dudes like way early in their career i'm like well of course they they are not any good that no reasonable person would have, have expected them to be good earlier in their career and now their development's going to be kind of weird because they're not on like a red shirt lifting schedule you know what i mean they're not on like a developmental lifting schedule during the season they're they're on a schedule that has them trying to prepare to play in games, and it's a little bit different. So I think getting Willis in, getting another semester on campus for Willis is uh, is a really good thing for them. Echo, your thoughts? think that kid has a lot of potential and best to go ahead and start trying to shine that diamond up as, uh, as soon as possible. So uh, excited to see that he was able to be uh, classified as an early enrollee, and uh, that's – that's a nice little addition. Good to be able to get him working with the new strength and conditioning coach and, you know, maybe even accidentally bump into the offensive line coach a couple times uh, through the process as well. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, one additional roster note. Florida State put out the roster today. Uh, Christian Armstrong, your offensive tackle who you signed in the uh, first transition class there for Willie. Like we said, the the – like you can get excited about this 2020 class, but remember these first classes that these coaches signed, they're they're going to have sky high attrition rates. So that's yet another player gone from the first like little you know six week class that you have to put together. 
the real knock on him was just was he soft, right? That's what other schools kind of thought, but there was no doubt that he had some talent. Never ended up doing anything at uh, at Florida State. We'll see if he ends up like officially leaving. Um, not real high on him. He's not a player that I projected to to enter their starting lineup uh, in in his third season at this point. But you know, you go down this class, man. You got a lot of guys who are already either gone or uh, uh, or you know have been gone or back on, kind of up in the air. I mean, Warren Thompson was gone for part of last year. We'll see if, if he's still around this year. Trayshawn Harrison's already gone. Xavier Peters is already gone. Malcolm Lamar is already gone. So, you know, that's about half of your top, like, 10 kids in that class uh, already gone. Um, Meadows has been hurt, but it, he has potential to be, to be something. Anthony Grant, we'll see if he's on the roster. Christian Armstrong's already gone. I believe Demarcus Adams was transfer portal back in the uh, back in the fall. Uh you know, we'll, we'll see if, if you ever get anything from Chaz Neal or Jalen Goss. But uh, just remember, as we go forward, and, and I'm very positive about Coach Norvell, especially in the long term, but, like, this transition class, these are your juniors for this year's football team. These are your third-year players. And there's a whole lot of guys who aren't around from this class already because your attrition rate is, is pretty sky high for only being two years in. Um, and entering your third year here. So just keep that in mind. Just just saying, not, not trying to be Debbie Downer, but, you know, uh, that's, yeah, that that's, uh, that's something to think about. Something else to think about is where you want to get your, your mortgage from. For me, I chose Resolution Home Loans. Resolution Home Loans was the right choice for me for a couple reasons. Number one, I call it Shannon Young. He's the best mortgage guy in the business. Great rates, awesome customer service. He'll work with you on your loan, whatever needs you have. Extremely knowledgeable. Big-time Noel fan, so when you call him, you'll probably get a little Florida State talk, too. So you may want to just reserve a couple minutes. This is not a one-minute phone call. This is not uh, a rocket mortgage, if you will. Knowledgeable, personable. They're, they're going to work with you, give you the best possible service, and get you a great rate. 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. All right, bud, we'll transition here to the recruiting part of the podcast. Uh, you made reference to this earlier. Uh, you got a chance to see one of the two prospects, uh, high school quarterback prospects that recently signed with Florida State. Uh, what were your impressions of the uh, Rotomaker kid out of Valdosta? Yeah, so I I, I liked him some uh, in the practices. Obviously, he didn't have uh, a, a great game there in, in the Alamo Dome, uh, but not a, not, not a bad player. Uh, it just – Physically, I don't think he's on the level of some of the other quarterbacks in that game. And to be fair to him, uh, if he had gone and played in the Under Armour game, I think he would have looked a little bit better relative to his competition simply because the Army game, or well, the old Army game, the, the All-America Bowl, uh, had Bryce Young and uh, DJ uh, Ualele, who's going to Clemson. And both those kids are just unreal talents. And um, compared to them, it's like, okay, ooh. Yeah, uh, you know, Rodemaker needs some work. I still think he, he can be a good prospect for you. Uh, the motion is a little bit low for his height. That was something I thought we saw on tape and seeing it in person. I'm sure that's something they'll want to work on him with. But you know, he had admitted he was kind of rusty. He hadn't thrown since the end of their season. I don't know if the other kids have been throwing. Remember, he was an injury replacement in this game. So it, it makes sense those other kids would have kept throwing and kept working on stuff. And Whereas he's kind of coming in off the bench a little bit cold. Uh, that, that certainly makes some sense. But uh, I, I thought he, he was fine. But we discussed in the last episode, do you think that he's going to be a guy who could potentially start for you as a freshman? Uh, n- not if your goal is to win a whole bunch of games relative to, to recent standards here. I, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be able to help you a whole lot as a true freshman personally. That doesn't mean long term he can't do something for you. But right now I'm a little bit skeptical about that. Other impressions from the weekend? So, yeah. Uh, so one kid that I know we talked about a couple episodes is this running back, uh, Jameer Gibbs, out of up your way in Atlanta. Uh, now, he's he's a Georgia Tech commitment uh, officially, but he didn't sign with Georgia Tech, and I don't think he's going to sign with Georgia Tech. In fact, I don't think anybody at the, uh, at the All-American Bowl that I talked to thought he was going to. Uh, the recruits I talked to, 
all thought he was going to go to like Ohio State or Florida. Uh, I think LSU might be involved in there now too. Uh, we'll see if, if Georgia gets involved. But, uh, but he's the real deal, man. That guy has some unreal quickness and, and is definitely a player uh, to watch. So, uh, yeah, Jameer Gibbs, remember that name. If you're in like a college fantasy league, uh, I would look at taking a flyer on him wherever he goes. He has a little bit of that like Dalvin Cook level acceleration in him. And I don't, I don't say that lightly, but it just – I went around for a little story I'm working on. I was asking, hey, like, who who did you really like, right? Like, who stood out to you here uh, in this game, and, uh, and especially the whole week? And they're like, oh, Jameer Gibbs, man, that kid's unreal. Like, I, the one kid told me, uh, well, I, I can reveal it now, but Derek Wingo, the linebacker who I like a ton who's going to the Gators, he said, oh, I, I thought that kid's film, like, I thought the competition he was playing was just kind of crappy or something, but no, he's he's really good, man. And it is. But, yeah, he's really good. Crap competition. He's, he's from Dalton, which is the kind of uh, a little bit more towards Chattanooga uh, of Atlanta, halfway mark. It's like the carpet capital of the world is a random note. Um, but it's a nice little high school program that doesn't produce a whole lot of talent, and it's not, not exactly, a, you know, one of the more richer uh, regions or part of the part of the states of Georgia. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, watered-down competition on tape, but evidently a hell of a player and one of the names that's really emerged uh, late in the 2020 recruiting process. So uh, if you're not, if you're a Florida State fan, you probably just want him to go ahead and go on over to uh, Ohio State or anywhere uh, but Gainesville. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a name to watch there and a guy that, that I enjoyed, enjoyed watching. Really wasn't anything else in terms of, of Florida State guys at the All-America Bowl. Um, some kids at the All-America Combine, but I'm working on a story on that, so I'm going to save that and, and not keep it on the podcast. We'll probably do that w- when we shift our focus more to 21. Um, junior college running back LaDamian Webb is a kid to keep an eye on. Certainly, I know a player that Florida State has interest in, and they'd, they'd like to pick up a junior college running back in this class due to all the uncertainty uh, in that running back room. Of course, your two walk-ons there, I think you like a whole lot and give you a, I mean, a good amount of reason to, to believe that you're, you're going to be fine there, but you'd like to take a Juco guy if you could. I know they're also in on running back Cavantre Bradford. He's out of Texas. That's a guy who has a lot of athletic ability. I think somebody who could definitely help you out there in the backfield potentially early. Uh, I did get some scoop, by the way, on Dewan Edwards. Do you remember Dewan Edwards from, uh, uh, from this summer who we said, hey, was like a silent commit? Like we said, I'm pretty sure this is the other ring. He's out of uh, Indiana Moultrie, Colco County. Yep. Yeah, he's a really good player. I I, I like Dewan Edwards a whole lot. Uh, but the issue here with Dewan Edwards um, apparently is academics. That, that's what I was told from several people who cover the state of Georgia. And uh, they said, look, I mean, if he was no doubt academics, he would probably already be in Georgia's class. But he's not, and they're not sure that he's going to make it um, in a full capacity, so we'll have to we have to continue to monitor that. But he's a guy Florida State liked a whole lot over the summer, and I, I mean everybody who saw him, I think liked him, and he would probably have a higher rating uh, if his academics were uh, were more in order. So the other, final guy, as far as the the offensive backfield, there is Corey Wren, and Corey Wren is a real big time speedster. I thought he was going to commit to Arizona State. Uh, but did not and has since kind of talked about taking some more visits. I think if Florida State is able to get him on the visit, they may be able to, to turn him into something there and, and, and actually get a commit out of him. He just has electric speed, and they do want to take a guy in this class who has legitimate track speed on the offensive side of the football. Where They already have uh, Damari Tate, who has track potential there on the defensive side of the football. And by the way, he looked pretty nice at the Under Armour game. You can see why. He's kind of one of the few players in this Florida State class. Other schools really came out, like big-time schools, came after in an aggressive manner after Willie Tucker got fired, and they were able to hold on to him. Uh, but, yeah, Corey Wren has, has really top-level speed. So that's kind of a little recruiting focus for tonight as far as dudes who might be able to help you uh, in, in year one. They're, they're still after, you know, like a developmental offensive tackle uh, or a, a pass rusher. They need to get some pass rusher bodies in here, I think. If you can find one to take in this class, that would be really good for you. Simply because, like, you got to remember, the last staff was recruiting towards a 3-4. Now you're going back to run a 4-3. 
So you have a lot of these hybrid bodies that I'm not really sure what you're going to do with. Now, it doesn't mean they're all useless, but it does kind of mean, like, all right, uh, let's let's see what happens here. Um, they're not guaranteed to be fits in, in this new system. All right, bud, that's a good uh, update as far as recruiting and what you saw and maybe what Florida State fans will see play out with uh, some of the remaining aspects of the 2020 class. Everybody else's attention at this point kind of, pardon the pun, but uh, transfers over to the uh, the portal and what may be out there as far as, uh, you know, one-year kind of plug-and-play guys. Uh, it is kind of hilarious, some of the results of the portal, where, like, entire college football fan bases <laughs> live and die on these little uh, notes that kids post on Instagram and other places uh, declaring that they're going to go somewhere else for their final year of football, and uh, everybody immediately imagines that this is a, a missing piece that Florida State and I guess every other school so desperately needs. So it is a certainly a lot of resemblances to free agency, and uh, it's going to have all sorts of impacts on the college football game, but uh, – any ideas as to names out there? I know that Vandy had a kid that declared that uh, he's going to transfer a potential uh, starter at offensive tackle. There's a kid at Stanford whose uh, name has come up. Anybody else that we're kind of monitoring in the portal at this point in the process? So th- those would be your, your primary two. Um, the one thing and that would be Devin Cochran, who was, a, a, I think, a three-year starter at Vanderbilt. Uh, who guy who I think the positive here is like, okay, how has he done against elite competition? And he's not like an amazing player, I don't think, but he's a guy who could come in and help you. Uh, and it is encouraging. It's just, it's hard to get these guys who already had starting jobs at, at power five schools uh, to come in and, and be a part of your, your program for, for this reason, like Florida state, has not been in the last couple of years uh, and doesn't really project to be in this year a spot that's going to compete for a championship of any type. And and because of that, you look at that and you say, okay, man, um, like this is kind of troublesome because if you're one of these kids, you already have a starting gig at a P5 school that has like a decent shot to make a bowl, but maybe not like an amazing shot to make a bowl. So you're kind of in the, in the, the same boat of Florida State. And like you, you read the quotes of some of these kids, like, yeah, I really want to go to a school where I can be in a, a, a championship run. I'd like to, to try to win a ring, win a title, to feel like what it's going to be to actually contend for a conference title. And realistically here, that's not Florida State. Florida State can offer playing time, which is really important to junior college transfers. However, if you're a graduate transfer, look, playing time is important. But the thing is, you're not leaving your school in most cases due to playing time because you know what you already have? You already have playing time. So like that's not going to be the main reason why you're leaving. Ryan Roberts last year is a good example of a case when that does happen because he was only a part-time starter at NIU. Uh, I don't think Cochran was in jeopardy of losing his job at Vanderbilt, right? So that seems unlikely uh, to have been the, the reason why he's leaving I think with Chris Marv, uh, the linebackers coach for Florida State, who was at Mississippi State, but prior to that was at Vanderbilt, because of his relationship and, and those two know each other, there's a good chance that Florida State's able to get a, get a, a, uh, a visit out of this. My question is, how good is this kid really, and will they be able to, like, can he level up from Florida State? Is he going to have better options than the Knowles on the table? Potentially, I, the one thing I want to give Florida State credit for, though, is they are extremely active in this portal. Man, they are all about going after. Like, I, I have a way of seeing who they follow in real time, and they follow these kids like as soon as that portal news hits, because twenty four seven has like a transfer tracker to where it's like as soon as the portal updates, they seem to, to update it pretty quickly. And so, somebody from Florida State is either following that feed or is pretty consistently throughout the day uh, updating their own feed, probably the the latter. Uh, And they're instantly on these guys. Just my guess is to gauge interest, to say, hey, like, what's up? What are you looking for? Um, You know, what's like the reason for the transfer, that that type of thing. And they're pretty committed to upgrading this roster. So it's it's certainly refreshing that, that they're leaving no stone unturned. And the greater takeaway for me there, 
I think, is that they understand some of the spots on this roster are not good. And that's encouraging, in my opinion. It's like, okay, hmm, you know, this is this is encouraging, and uh, they, they, they seem to get it. So most likely you won't be hearing Norvell talk about instant greatness this summer on the Booster Tour, sir. <laughs> no, uh, I don't expect you to. Not if you're going after every single transfer yeah. out there and saying what's no, up. No, I think it's good, though, and, and I don't want to project Cochran into something he isn't, but, uh, you know, we've talked about some of the some of the names that could be potentially added to the roster where we would have a serious conversation about changing win expectations. Hey, look, if, if you grab Cochran and some other piece that you think you could plug on the offensive line, preferably another tackle, that's a conversation. That's a, you know, pieces that bring about a conversation like that. So um, we'll, we'll watch it. Uh, like you said, a staff that's exceptionally aggressive and tends to monitor things. Uh, I imagine there'll be some more names out there, but at this point in time, there's there's not a ton of real uh, tangible prospects to talk about with where Florida State is in the transfer portal. Exactly right. Um, although I, I think we'll get some more clarity on that soon because a lot of the guys who were going to be early enrollees are like they've already made their move. You know what I mean? Um, there'll be another wave of these post-spring. That's not to say they're all done. I mean, you could have another one this week, but uh, Cochran and Hamilton are, are two who kind of stand out for you there on the offensive line. Who we know Florida State seemingly has some legitimate interest in. Um, the other thing, and this is probably the only real negative thing I'm going to say tonight, and this is not about the staff. It's just about kind of where the program is right now. Um, I, I went to the Future 50 event, which is hosted by Under Armour there at, at Disney, and it's got like 50 of the best kids across the country they're not necessarily like the 50 best but they're most of them are are at least top 100 type kids if not you know top 25 type dudes and i I gotta tell you like my process and i'm I'm not going to play this audio by the way i've decided like that's it's just kind of messy and also the sound quality is terrible but like my process is generally trying to feel a kid out so i'll be like hey you know what what schools have been hitting you up the most? What like what schools are doing the best job recruiting you? Where do you have the most interest in? Just sort of even conversation, you know, talk to them like adults if you can, and uh, trying to get a real feel for where they like without putting schools in in their mouth, uh, because these kids, some of them don't really want to be there, but regardless of whether they want to be there or not. If you as an adult are coming up to them and like are asking about some school repeatedly and kind of pressuring them repeatedly like that, they're going to just tell you what you want to hear. Right? Like I can, you can basically get a kid to say almost anything you want. Now, occasionally kids will say something pretty off the wall. I'm like, "Wow, I could have never in the world like when when I got the Hugh Freeze quote, right, about the, you know, they they, they put Jesus up on the cross too. You know, that that I did not expect to come out of that kid's mouth that day in that ballroom. But Overall, I mean, if you're like, hey, what what do you think about Florida State? And, and I heard that new coaching staff has a whole lot of energy and they're, they really, really need your position. You know, like almost inevitably that kid's going to say, yeah, I, you know, I'm definitely excited about them. I think that they're, they could do some big things there. But the thing is, two minutes later, somebody else doing a better job is saying, or two minutes earlier, somebody doing a better job saying, hey, um, what, what schools are really recruiting you hard? Like, where do you have interest in? Are you are you going to set up official visits? Do you want to take spring visits or fall visits? And the kid's like, actually, yeah. The, scre- the three schools that I'm really highest on are actually these. And I have two official visits planned for the spring and one for the summer. And I'd like to have a decision by the end of summer. Okay. Well, if Florida State is not one of those schools that was mentioned, guess what? At this point in time, this kid's really not that interested in Florida State. But yet, if you work for a Florida State-related site, and not all do this, but certainly some, and we know that some of y'all read these sites because you ask us about some of these reports, look, man, you can kind of get these kids to say whatever the heck you want to make it seem like they're interested in Florida State. And down the road, they might be, but I was in that room all day doing my national game. I, I, didn't, I didn't leave. Like I, I talked to all these kids. Uh, Florida State was not a name that came up very often at all with, with your elite kids there for the 2021 class. And that makes a lot of sense. Florida State is still scrambling to fill out their 2020 class. They're not really that focused on 21 yet. 
because they, they can't be. Meanwhile, other schools I know and guys who work at these other big-time schools are telling me, but like we've been done with 2020 for the most part for a couple months, and like we're already scheduling our, our 21. And that's true. A lot of these guys, the elite elite players in 21, are, are already kind of figured, like they already know where they're going to go. They, they, they have this thing figured out, so it's not really much guesswork for them. Um, and they're going to be making decisions over the summer. So I would just caution people a little bit with like, hey, there's all these you know, top kids in Florida. Yeah, but in, in some ways for the 21 class, some of these dudes are already spoken for. Well, it's going to be really interesting uh, to watch how this all plays out. I, um, I think it's good to put like a, a shield <laughs> around uh, getting too overexcited and, and too much optimism. And I think it's good to remind people how much of a relationship business recruiting is. And it takes time to build those relationships. I also think you've got a coach that's uh, done a very good job of building relationships internally. Uh, Mike Norvell has, and this is whether you're a head coach and building relationships with boosters or uh, a client in business or a significant other or anything else, saying that you're going to do some things and then following up by actually doing them is a really big deal. And uh, I think Norvell has impressed, uh, at least at this point in the process, impressed the people necessary uh, at Florida State to be able to go out and have some of that extra energy on the recruiting trail. So um, I think it's going to be a real challenge. I may be slightly more optimistic as to what the 2021 class could possibly look like uh, than you are, Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch a staff kind of uh, work their way uh, into a lot of these high schools and a lot of these seven-ons that decides how much influence and exposure you really get to kids. Uh, I think Florida State will do well on the recruiting trail, and I think Mike Norvell will sign a – uh, very talented first class. Um, we'll see. You know, hard to say at this point in time, uh, but I I think everything that's in place for Florida State to recruit at a high level uh, is going to be at Norvell's uh, at Norvell's hands at this point in the process. It's literally his job, right, to go out there and change the minds of some of these kids. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you are going to see a good number of kids come off the board that are rated highly in Florida before they even really give Florida State a look. Just that's going to happen, so be ready for that. There's certain guys that are like, yeah, I got my final five now. Like, really? Okay, yeah. I mean, like, and they they had their official visits already scheduled out for spring, and these are kids who basically they were, like most of their recruitment was done as juniors. So this is the downside of making a coaching change uh, you know, this many times in, in this many years. And I think most people think that Norvell is going to do an awesome job for State. I think he's going to do a good job as well. Uh, but this is his job to try to flip some of these kids and change some of these minds. And right now, they are behind the eight ball on, on a lot of kids. So we'll have to see how well he can do that. Um, and also, you know, this is going to be a real test of how well he can find some kids who are not yet that highly rated, who have not been recruited heavily for the past 12 months in the 21 class. Because if you can find some kids where you have a more kind of fresh start with and you're on more even footing with like a Clemson or a Georgia, and not, not that your program's on even footing, but just in terms of the length of relationship, right? The, the attention you're giving these kids, their, their scouting job they do this spring and summer is going to be very important. Yeah. Go find uh, go find the 2021 version of uh, Jamar Gibbs, a kid that wasn't really all that highly thought of, and by the end of his senior year is considered one of the more dynamic prospects of his position. So, uh, hey, it'll be a fun fun thing to watch. And in some ways, this feels you know feels very similar to 2009 2010, uh, where you got a coach putting a staff together. Uh, really looking to go out and, you know, carve out his first couple of classes or his first real class and see what kind of impact that can make on the program that he's trying to change over. I think you're exactly right. Okay, uh, speaking of length of relationships, this is our first year with Travis Johnson, attorney at law, as a sponsor of the Nolcast, but his relationship with being an expert is long, right? He's a board-certified family law attorney, over 10 years in the business, experience in the teaching field as well, has handled a variety of family law matters from the simple 
to the complex. So whether you, you know, divorce, property division, maybe you need to enforce an existing order. Maybe you have some alimony questions or modification, anything like that, 850-435-9919. It's Travis Johnson at 850-435-9919. Bud, we have, uh, we have a hell of a basketball team that we need to talk about uh, for a little while here. I mean, it has been a interesting uh, process to watch them kind of find their footing here. Not really a team that I expected a ton out of. Um, and kind of expected them to be better at this point. Uh, but I don't know that I expected them to be this good compared to where they started at the beginning of the year and kind of, uh, in many ways, the you know going to Louisville and uh, recording a victory in the manner that you did, I consider it to be a little bit of a significant moment in time. I think you can have an awful lot of faith in uh, this team and the program's overall direction. And certainly anybody that's followed Florida State basketball would have that. Uh, but I also think you, you know, you have a real confirmation that you've got a, a really talented team. And if uh, some of the play, you know, some of the pieces in play are going to play the level that they did against Louisville, then yeah, you can talk about a pretty entertaining run in postseason as well. It's a it's a hell of a team and a hell of a program uh, that Leonard Hamilton has it has developed at this point in his career. It's just crazy to watch the transformation of Florida State basketball. I did not think they would be this good this early in the season. Just I, – I did you? Like, I, I figured, okay, they would take some lumps in the non-conference and they'd probably start slow in the conference season just from, you know, reading the great coverage we have there at, at Tomahawk Nation. Um, I really didn't think they would be this good this early. But they, they thumped Louisville, man. Like, the, this team – Hats off to Leonard Hamilton. He's doing a great job. They're they're playing their butts off, and I mean they look great. They look great. They, they, and they really if, do. Uh, if Trent Forrest is going to dominate, you know, just dominate the game at guard, and have the other coach talking about how he, his guards got physically manhandled because of the way that uh, that he basically is able to control the pace of play and drive to the basket when he wants to. That's uh, that's the recipe for an awful lot of success. So, yeah, I didn't think they were going to be this great. I, I thought you were looking at a team that would maybe finish fourth, fifth in the ACC, uh, and at least in the you know the second week of January here. I, I think you have a basketball team on your hands that is a legitimate contender to win the win the conference this year, and that's again just incredible the level of consistency that is surrounding. Florida State basketball and what they're able to do in conference and just the general level of play. Currently ranked the number 10th team in the country. Uh, hats off to everybody involved with Florida State basketball. Absolutely, man. And, like, they, this is a team you can look at them and say, man, like, how many teams out there are legitimately going to just completely overmatch them on, on the court? There's not a whole lot of just no doubt you can't win this basketball game physically roadblocks this year across the country. So if they get the right draws in, in the tournament, there's a chance that they could actually make some kind of run at this thing. Not like win a national title, but like maybe they could go as far as any Florida State team ever has. We're at a point in the process where we <laughs> and we were just talking about, yeah, you know, maybe another Sweet 16 run. Maybe, maybe that's just what the expectation becomes for this program. Ab- absolutely incredible uh, for somebody who you know, has followed Florida State basketball for the last 20 to 30 years and some of the challenges that are involved in building up this level of product uh, in Tallahassee. Uh, it's just amazing, and I would encourage uh, Florida State fans to absorb every second of it because this is not uh, – whereas in football, you kind of – I think you have a little bit of a, a birthright to expect <laughs> uh, to be able to compete and to be able to be one of the more preeminent uh, programs, at least one of the more preeminent brands in the sport – uh, furthest thing in the world uh, when it comes to college basketball. So uh, I'd enjoy it. And, you know, just the amount of talent that Leonard Hamilton's been able to to build and the roster that he's been able to build and the amount of buy-in that he has from kids uh, to play their role, limited minutes at times, play an incredibly intensive level of defense. Uh, it's just a hell of a time to be a, a Florida State basketball fan. It really is. Uh, by the way, we should probably do a little Olympic sports minute here. Yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of things to speak about in the the world of Olympic sports. I know this is something that you probably follow a little bit more than I do, but uh, 
Hey, the uh, for those who follow the baseball program, there are some things going on in, <laughs> on the recruiting trail, it would appear. They are doing some things, yeah. Uh, Big-time things on the recruiting trail. It it seems like it does help if you have like an entire staff recruiting together as one. Um, ultimately, that is a generally a positive thing, and, and Florida State has that now, and they have multiple coaches who are actually involved in the recruiting process. So, again... Yeah, like that's that's really nice to have. But man, this is uh, this is pretty darn impressive what, what what they're doing right now. They seem to be closing the gap with some of those other teams in the Southeast with, with how they're recruiting now within the state of Florida. And I mean, look, they always recruited well, but this does seem like it's a little bit different level of recruiting. And I, I think that that uh, that Ed Meat really deserves uh, a lot of the credit for this for for realizing his vision and, and implementing it within his program since he took over. And this is exactly what we said, by the way, when he was hired. Like, hey, maybe it doesn't work out. However, the chance that he leaves your roster without a boatload of talent for the next guy, if it doesn't work out, is very little. Because you know he can recruit, and you can know for a fact, like once he has somebody who also recruits well, like in the head coach spot, him, he can actually get some assistants who recruit well, as opposed to, you know, having an existing head coach who was an absolute legend and did an awesome job for, what, 40 years, but really wasn't a recruiter anymore and, and wasn't actively involved in that like you would expect uh, a head coach to be. So I think that's what we're seeing right now. It's it's The changeover has been a, a major boost for recruiting. Absolutely. Something that we will uh, follow and monitor. Not necessarily going to have baseball recruiting as uh, something that we touch on on every podcast, but did want to note it. Real quickly, uh, cool to see the men's indoor track and field team open the season as the number one team in the country. Uh, Always a lot of fun uh, to watch what they are able to do. And a third and final Olympic sports note that I have on the list is Danny Castellanos, uh, the uh, Florida State female soccer star signed with Atletico Madrid uh, a week ago. That is one of the eight to ten biggest clubs in European football and maybe the best uh, club to sign with on the female stage. So a uh, really awesome thing to see uh, what the Florida State women's soccer program has turned into and uh, somebody that Florida State in all likelihood will continue to reap all sorts of positive benefits uh, as that is really one of the uh, kind of bigger names, emerging stars in the female game overall. But uh, wanted to note uh, her signing with uh, absolute European power. So, uh, I have to say this. I didn't actually know that women's professional soccer existed. So, that's cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, awesome. I have more opportunities. Yeah, it's really blown up recently. A lot of, a lot of money involved in the game, and a lot of these uh, larger European clubs are taking it more seriously. And Madrid, I think, has uh, won their league the last three years or something like that. So in Spain, that's a, that's a big deal, and uh, it'll be fun to see how she does overall. No doubt. Awesome, man. Well, uh, by the way, I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters out there. Uh, we, we just uh, just finished the, the shirts order, so those should be going out soon for, for those of us who have supported us for for those consecutive months. And uh, if you haven't, I'm sure we'll do another round of those following the first one. Of course, you can find us patreon.com slash nolcast. And we really appreciate when you give us those five-star reviews on iTunes. It helps us keep keep us up nice, nice and high in the rankings. We don't get the same bump like we used to because we don't have as many new listeners um there's only so many Noel fans out there and we do capture quite a few of them but uh we're very excited for each new new listener that we have 